and the learnings are with large companies and it could be the fortune 100s that i've worked for mm-hmm. and the complications as a design wing that we would face to get anything in front of the stakeholders mm-hmm. any communications from designers to non designers how difficult is it to make it happen mm-hmm. so i've learned that business cases are the key from a user experience standpoint we always say we should deliver what exactly the user needs right but at the same time when we are delivering a business case to our management we probably don't think that way he's also a user of the business case so from his perspective he's looking at maybe he wants to increase revenue maybe he wants to increase the brand value in the market maybe he wants to just work on the research for the next 2 years and make sure he bring in some very great product out in the market so different objectives but if we understand that right so every organization's dna has to be catered into the business case that we go with so then i guess a lot of success can be seen from every design cell that happens to the upper management welcome to design drives your audio experience about what how and why design drives things forward a podcast hosted by Sebastian Gear together with forward thinking design practitioners from around the world in this episode i talk with mohan krish narai vice president and global head of user experience at Haman International, the daughter company of Samsung, that is actually on the forefront of the connected audio space. So we learn about the future of the audio space, how design plays into it, and how digital services are changing the space, but also the industry at large is changing to new innovations along the physical and digital space. We also dive into his book, The Great Balancing Act, exploring the intersection of user expectations and user experience. Based on his learnings as a former practice head of user experience at Vipro, we also learn how to drive impact as a designer by connecting the communication of a design solution and the approach at large to the business objectives and why it's important to put more emphasis on inclusivity to make more beneficial solutions for every user. We sat together at UX India, one of the leading UX conferences in Asia. So I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm here with Mohan, VP of Design from Harman International. Exciting to speak to you. Thank you, Sebastian. I think it would be great for the audience so they get a little bit of context about your stations, where you're from, what was your journey looking like. So maybe you can give uh, the audience a bit of a, an overview. Sure. From a journey perspective, I have been more on. A, I started my career with more on visual design, and from visual design, it got transformed by the learnings that experience design is the forte that becomes bigger and larger. This was about almost two decades back, when people used to look at designs as icons. There was no careers, or there was no larger students moving into learning design. So there was not too many courses, and very less, and the focus. It, it was a time when parents would not send their kids. to a field of design thinking it's not something progressive but over time things changed and also user experience is not new so it's it's from the days where a cockpit was designed from an airline and now the dashboards are being designed for the cars yeah. and it's moved to digital and all of, in every aspects wherever there is a touch point from a consumer standpoint mm-hmm. the experience design is there So I have been doing my learnings through the journey on these aspects of how can we look at more of human psychology how can humans tendencies can be tapped in right how can we look at the subconscious memory to use 
on the interactions that they would do with stuff mm -hmm. it can be digital it can be physical actually uh, the mix of physical and digital and a seamless experience for every user at any touch point mattered a lot in every aspects mm -hmm. so looking at that my journey with all the companies has been how much can we empathize on the user give him the right stuff mm -hmm. and i've worked a lot in terms of inclusivity also mm -hmm. which means that it's a 508 compliance in us and dda compliance in uk to the extent where a large banking sector we have enabled post login with the level aa compliance which means with a visual impairedness person in a public area can actually check his account balances after logging oh, wow. in okay. and that too if the jack is in and if he's on his headphones and it would not show the balance on the display so this is how things have changed for every individual mm -hmm. and inclusivity in itself is a larger subject which mm -hmm. i have learned over time that inclusivity doesn't mean any form of disability mm -hmm. it can also be a temporary disability where a mother is carrying a child on one hand so it doesn't mean the one hand is disabled the other hand how much can we enable just for a one hand activity for a temporary disability too mm -hmm. these were the stuff and predominantly worked with large corporations like the wipros and every company has different dnas and now i'm with harman international who's a samsung company mm -hmm. and we see a different dnas in each of the organization but every organization has learned over time that design is their prime focus and without design led engineering the whole concept or the product itself would fail in the market space mm -hmm. it's super interesting and like were you always in that space or had we have transitioned that at some point so i was in the visual design space the transition was more of an upgrade i would say into an experience design mm -hmm. and you also were writing a book maybe you can share a little bit about it sure here is the book so the book is more on uh, the experience design of how people would perceive experience itself mm -hmm. because there is a larger balancing act when you look at a user expectation when a product is being used and the experience delivered by the product makers is mm -hmm. completely not balanced i mean there are different types of user types of people using from a novice to a expert user or from a young child to a an old age people so there are different types of facets of personas that would come into play and how a balancing act would have been thought through of every product from that perspective of what does a user expect from a product is it exactly the experience delivered mm -hmm. to achieve that perfection it takes a lot it, it's a lot of science behind it's a lot of psychological play it's a lot of understanding of cultures each culture has different ways of looking at things and each culture has different colors to look at maybe i use this as a common example in china yellow is used more for porn so if something is used everywhere on yellow with predominant traditional stuff then that would not be appreciated well by the china so we have to be very culture sensitive in everything that we design not mm -hmm. just by colors but also the way interaction patterns and how would people look at interacting with products at what time of the day or night they would like to use so there is a lot of study that happens so every study every science that comes into play when it actually can give a wow factor to a user when he's using the product mm -hmm. but it's also a little bit connected to marketing as well right like when you're so talking about expectations yes right it's not always after the designer also right absolutely so do you touch on that as well yes this book touches on examples which has the market analysis 
coming into play mm-hmm. it's just not about the designers thinking what is good or bad it's more to see how what market is expecting and what is the industry moving towards what are the analysts talking about how are the competition flaring at so a lot of things that would come into play to actually have a disruptive strategy mm-hmm. so a strategy for design would mean a mix of all of this Mm-hmm. And uh, how's the, the the book structures? Obviously, you have expectations and experience, but maybe you can give a high-level overview of some of the, the topics that the book is touching. So the topics in the book is mainly targeted to a CEO who is trying to champion UX into his organization, maybe to start with, mm-hmm. or somebody who's already in the journey of the user experience processes in their organization. Mm-hmm. How have they included the processes as part of the life cycle of any product or, de- or service design? And also for people like designers and developers who are looking at help in terms of frameworks, how, what are the frameworks that I can use to solve problems? And how do I identify problem? And how would I go about designing something is also a part of this book. It's more structured at different levels where you would see how a stakeholder or a decision maker can go through the book and understand how important is design and how much should I invest in what. Against a designer looking at it from more of uh, how do I go about designing and how do I use these tools. There are some frameworks and tools which is in the back of the book that is terrible. So you can use it on your desktop to go ahead and use the framework on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So it's from tools to an absolute knowledge of at all levels of an organization. That's how the structure of the whole book has been targeted. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to write a book? Took me about a year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. probably one full year. My job requires a lot of traveling. So I used most of my flight times to pen down oh, all so the you thoughts. Wanted in a flight time, so it's, yeah. <laughs> So it's basically targeting both designers, but also business people. Right? Yes, um, yes. Business people, marketers and designers are predominantly the targets. Mm-hmm. Is it also in, somehow in connection with your, your new role at um, Harman? It does, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, this like is all the experiences. From that, yeah. Yes, all the learnings are, I've penned down them. Mm-hmm. And the learnings are with large companies, and it could be the Fortune 100s that I've worked for. Mm-hmm. And the complications as a design wing that we would face to get anything in front of the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Any communications from designers to non-designers, how difficult is it to make it happen? Mm-hmm. So I've learned that business cases are the key. From a user experience standpoint, we always say we should deliver what exactly the user needs. right? But at the same time, when we are delivering a business case to our management, we probably don't think that way. He's also a user of that business case. So from his perspective, he's looking at Maybe he wants to increase revenue. Maybe he wants to increase the brand value in the market. Maybe he wants to just work on the research for the next two years and make sure he bring in some very great product out in the market. So different objectives, but if we understand that right, so every organization's DNA has to be catered into the business case that we go with. So then I guess a lot of success can be seen from every design cell that happens to the upper management. Mm -hmm. And where can people uh, buy the book? So the book can be bought in Amazon. Awesome, okay. uh, so there is a Kindle version and uh, the hard copy, hardcover is only in India right now. So it is going to be out in across the world. Mm-hmm. But the Kindle version is out across all over in Amazon. Okay, great. So we're going to put a link of the book also in the description awesome. of the, Thank the you podcast. So much. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your, your current role sure. at Haman. What are you working on? What are some of the topics you, you face there? 
So my current role is a little widespread. I manage the global team of user experience. Mm-hmm. Harman has four divisions where it goes with the pro solutions. That's the professional solutions, which works on large venues mm-hmm. and how they focus on the audio acoustics and the experience of audio within the large arenas. And uh, with them, we are working on how better experiences can be delivered using digital and trying to connect with physically. It could be the admin users who set up the whole place or it could be the actual audience who come into the avenue at all or the artists who are playing so all the different types of users we help them better the experience of the overall arena perspective from an event perspective the other one is on the connected services which is highly on uh, digital mm-hmm. and uh, a physical mix right now so that is where we are working with across the domains like it could be healthcare banking financial and enterprise, retail, a lot of other firms that we work with, many customers from connected services perspective. It's more of external as well. And connected cars is again on more of working with the dashboards and HMIs and how an in-car experience works, how an autonomous car is shaping up. So we play big time as Harman and Samsung in CES. I'm sure you know more about Mm -hmm. these. So with that as a background, all the V2X concepts of how not just the in-car, the outside car experience can be hailed. So these are some things that the teams work with the OEMs, Mm -hmm. uh, helping research, helping prototyping these and also working with the actual end products. The last one is about lifestyle, which is more of the house of brands that Harman has, like the JBL and, uh, you know, the Harman Garden, BNO, and many of the uh, list of uh, brands that Harman owns today. Mm-hmm. So there again, the audio experience and the in, in-ear, on-ear, or the sound experiences within home or in, in theaters and so on. So that's where we help experiences with lifestyle aspects. Mm-hmm. So with those four different verticals, my team focuses on only on user experiences of all of this. It could be hardware, it could be software, but mainly on the user experience of how if people have to work with a product, How much of a learning curve do we reduce and how much of a common patterns that we can use that they don't have to learn every time Mm -hmm. and how how easy is it to connect with devices and work with them on personalization and so on and since in most of the divisions millennials are the larger cohort of users so there are again different types of millennials that we always focus on Uh, one is the me millennials who are just the person who wants to who's living his life individually and it's the v is more of who's just got married and looking at what else as an ecosystem can he use for his Mm -hmm. own life and us is more of the larger family which has grown out to be a next level of the age where they would look at all larger investments and uh, all other ecosystems to engage themselves in their lives. So looking at the millennials itself is the largest cohort, Mm -hmm. but not reducing the focus on the differently abled and inclusivity on that aspect. So we would try to cover most of the spectrum across these domains. And we have studios in different regions where each one specializes in different, different domains. Mm -hmm. I try to manage the expectations and experience again from different uh, customer standpoint Uh there. Where the studio is located and how many designers? The team size is roughly about 300. I would say about 60% is all about consulting, the user experience consulting, research and visual design. And we also have the front-end engineering a little bit into the team, mm-hmm. about 40%, trying to uh, not just sell a design which looks good, but also make it implementable, make it 
converting into a little bit of engineering, which is the front end only, where you deliver the actual prototypes in the technology that's going in. For example, HTML5s or EXEJS and so on, or the embedded systems in, in the cars that go by. Mm -hmm. We're trying to not just uh, talk about designs, which cannot be made technically. So we're mm -hmm. trying to get the design-led engineering in a true sense. Mm -hmm. And most often in the experience of projects, we have seen whenever there's a great design that is agreed upon, when the technology comes into play, that design is cut down into like 40% of what it was finally mm -hmm. conceptualized because of the technical constraint that comes by. Mm -hmm. So to cut that through, I have certain technology experts also into the team who comes into play this. And also we have uh, Munich Studio and we have uh, China Studio, mainly focused on uh, industrial design. In US, we have Seattle, Richardson, New York Studio. Mm -hmm. And of course, London is one. Mm -hmm. So this When you were saying engineering, you mean software engineering, right? Yes, software engineering. Yeah, so how is it with the design disciplines then? It's industrial design, I guess. The experience design, design. Yeah, so what are some of the disciplines? Absolutely. So industrial design also works with uh, lifestyle predominantly, and they sit out of China, and China engineering team of lifestyle sits completely there. So there, it's more of a floor engagement where the designers work with the engineers to to convert the concept on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So we also use something called the Google Sprints, which is a short mm -hmm. five-day sprints to solve problems on a daily basis. So that way, a five-day sprint can solve a larger problem that needs to be that needs all engineers technical people business stakeholders in in one room like a war room to sort the issues that way we are able to work through the hardware designs as well mm -hmm. and uh, NOAA is uh, NUS is more focused on connected cars so that's where the teams work with the engineers uh, from the connected car perspective mm -hmm. so I you sometimes also have yes so you have a lot of connection to engineering but also you know designers working on physical designers working on digital parts are they also interacting or sitting at yes. similar locations. So all of these studios are connected together from a process standpoint. Mm -hmm. We follow the process of all of these studios coming together for every project. Mm -hmm. So most often we try to mix people from different uh, skills for a project. And if the project has both hardware and software, then across the skill set, people would be deployed onto this. Based on the deployment of people, they would follow the process of exchanging knowledge and also project knowledge is exchanged with others to understand how seamlessly it could work as a process. So yeah, every checkpoints are made sure that it is audited and people do make sure that the deliverables are checked, peer reviewed, tested and gone in the process. So mm -hmm. yeah, we do have an agile mm -hmm. process for design. Mm -hmm. And before you, you know, joined Haman, you were at Vipro, right? Yes. So maybe you can talk a little bit about your experiences there. Sure. Uh, Quite different space. Yes, yeah. it is different space. Vipro was completely software design. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with hardware at that time. They've also moved in now into so many hardware designs. But when I was with Wipro, it was purely software design. Mm -hmm. And again, the DNA of organizations are two different varied. This is the product mindset, product and services mindset, and that's more only services mindset. But the larger focus was, it's finally a product being designed and developed. And it is something to do with users that's going to be used. So it can be a services mindset, it can be a product and services mindset. But at the end of the day, the whole thing is going up to a user as a single user and how would he use it? everything would be the point of context. 
But yes, initially it was difficult in Wipro to get through the systems to make sure design is well understood. But there were a lot of management within the Wipro system who appreciate design, who treated that as the crown jewel to take it to the customers. So that gave us a lot of motivation and energy to move forward. So Wipro, I had about 400 plus member team doing all of the design across. Again, there it was a varied, very varied uh, types of customers that we were working with. It was retail, it was banking. So BFSI was a bigger focus from banking, financial insurance and the securities perspective. So when it involved banking, it's highly secure and a lot of things. But again, a lot of creativity would come into play where what are the new ways of banking systems can be introduced. Mm -hmm. So this is where I learned from Wipro that domain knowledge coming into the experienced designers is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Right. We can think of users, we can empathize, we can understand how to design best as an interaction. But what we are designing for the end goal from a domain perspective, is it bank? What is secured? How much of security should we look at it? Or is it healthcare? How do we look at all the compliances? There are a dime a dozen of compliances that needs to be followed in uh, from healthcare perspective. So mm-hmm. that way we need to understand different domains has different importances. Mm-hmm. So the teams were being catered in line with the domains. So learning domain as a primary and secondary was part of the designers as well, mm-hmm. because it gets ruled out as a design if we are not designing to the domain right. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Yeah, I think what was also interesting is you, uh, in the beginning, you were mentioning the aspect of inclusivity in design, yes. right? The, the banking project you talked on. Is there something similar on Haman, mm-hmm. on the audio space you can speak of? Yeah, I think from Haman perspective, we, we also look at inclusivity big time. Any new designs that's coming over from be the headphones or be it the car designs mm-hmm. or anything, anywhere that we are looking at inclusivity big, big time. Things like how much of people with disabilities, probably a one-side hearing problem or a low hearing problem can be looked at the product itself can take care of that if you have a disability it should be named very differently like differently abled and whatever we call it right we can look at how those people can customize the product to their weaknesses or strength mm-hmm. my left ear is more strong than the right ear so mm-hmm. i can recalibrate my hearings to that so that the right ear gives more volume than the left ear so things like that this is something that you know we constantly keep researching on what would be the best to what region to give in a very similar fashion where uh, we're looking at banking products where you know, banks again in in Harman also we're looking at banking products where banks are looking at big time because it's not not like I said it's not just the forty percent of audience which are having problems with different different abilities, but it's also the other sixty percent who are temporarily disabled who needs to be looked at. So the disability or the inclusivity becomes a larger audience mm-hmm. in, in from that perspective. Like can I can I withdraw money with just one hand in exactly so things like that so many things come into play from inclusivity there are many examples also in the world where people have where organizations are looking at inclusivity big time it's not just increasing revenue increasing the user base it is converting a non-users to users so that's mm-hmm. more important that you know if you have a confidence that a system or a product can help you with your immediate disability or a, or a temporary disability. That means the confidence on the product is more to go and use it quite often. People who cannot, who don't want to use it, shying away from using a product because of their weakness would come back and use the product once they know the product is catering for their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So that's converting a non-user to user, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
It was also super interesting when you were talking about Amana State, you do design sprints, you seem to be well, well connected with engineering. So it seems like design is established in the company. Oh, yes. And very well, well positioned. So I'm wondering a little bit how you, but you know, as a design leader, you still you know come off to that point, I assume, where you need to tell the value of you know design and what it can do for a certain project or for a certain business problem. Just wondering a little bit about your approach on that aspect. Right. As Harman, I think uh, Dinesh Paliwal is the CEO and he has a big focus on design. I think uh, two years back, the design has been there for more than 10, 11 years with Harman. I mean, long, even longer than that. But it was all in different pockets. They were all working for different domains and working in different pockets. So he brought it together and made human. Human is an agency which works across different uh, divisions for Harman. Mm -hmm. So human was formed at least two years back to bring all of the designers and different eclectic skills together to make sure there is a single design language that goes across and, mm -hmm. and to see every product that goes by, like Microsoft is thinking, like Microsoft is also thinking they can use the same chat window component across all their products. How can we bring a uniform experience? If, mm -hmm. you, if you see a chat window, you don't have to learn, you've already used it in different products. So in a very similar fashion, Dinesh also thought through that it should be a centralized horizontal that works for design. Mm. Well, that was your first part. Your second mm. part of the question. Now, how do you then approach, for example, you know, to you know, sell people on the idea basically to you know have design involved into certain business problems, or to convince people that you know design should be an aspect to that and you know is valuable to that sure. to that topic. You know? One lucky thing I would say was since Dinesh has a bigger focus on design, so it's easy from a top down to make sure that every business case which is design led or making a design focus has been a little more convenient, mm -hmm. but not necessarily all businesses have to agree to that. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to creating business cases, our approaches has been for different divisions or for different lines of businesses, wherever they are looking at what is important from their business standpoint, we build business cases accordingly. Like I said, the DNA of each one of that is different. So we need to work with them on how are we going to pass on a value or a benefit by doing a better design. And mm -hmm. while we always have this conflict of quality versus quantity and how do we measure that, today some design can go very quick and fast and that mm -hmm. gets into the market and it sells well too. Mm -hmm. But over time, the design can become a, a problem for the product itself while it was not thought through from many different aspects. Mm -hmm. So which is why we have a higher focus on research where we try to see what best would work for a product mm -hmm. and also try to project the product to the future like more of three to four years i think one of the topics that i was talking today even in this event was on futuristic experiences where designers have not just have to be reactive how can they be product proactive how can the community itself help them be proactive mm -hmm. like as you know cars will have a focus of 15 years ahead and aviations will have also have their own plans for next 10 10 years or 15 years everybody has a five-year plan and of course digital is a difficult part because mm -hmm. that's like a daily changing as you work on digital too but you you will understand tomorrow morning something else changes like you design everything for today but tomorrow is changed so that is a very agile based stuff but at least from a very where we can know what is the future if, if the community can help that from a very approach standpoint to convince the business uh, leaders has been more of creating business cases from these aspects like one we understand the market space through analysts and our own surveys and we take a competitor survey of every product or any product that is in the market which can be a competition 
And the fourth one is what could disrupt it. I mean, if you're doing really well today, what could disrupt this product mm -hmm. in future? Mm -hmm. So there's three, four angles, which is very interesting for the business leader from a, uh, be, be it a P&L perspective or be it the revenue perspective mm -hmm. or, or even the customer stickiness. How much can you, while you acquire a new customer, what are all the aspects that you need to consider? How can we, acquiring may sometimes become very easy with the flamboyance and then how do you retain them becomes a bigger challenge. That There you really need to deliver better experience to retain them. That challenges uh, of acquiring is sometimes becomes easy or acquiring becomes tough. So these are the different DNAs that we need to work on the business cases that we would generally present to them. Mm -hmm. Super fascinating. Talking a little bit about India. So now you, you do X India. What uh, excites you about India and design? and what is your feeling about you know, how the design is perceived and maybe evolved in the last years in this, in this country? Pretty much initially when I was starting my career on these aspects, India was always considered to be a back office. Right? All design, everything would happen in the customer locations or anywhere else, but not in India. But India was more looked at back office where they could generate some codes and engineering will happen here and so on. Things have really changed over time where uh, I think even if you take telecom as a focus, mm -hmm. the largest telecommunication organizations are looking at India first because of the volume they see. Mm -hmm. And their design is focused on India first strategy. Mm -hmm. maximum mobile users, the large audience, and yeah. so on. That is one aspect of looking at the volume users. And from the very design perspective, it has grown from just a you know visual design or just a screen design to an experience design, where uh, from India, a lot of you know OEMs are getting their next generation cars designed in India. That's happening in India today. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm very proud. I mean, of course, uh, my country, and I'm very happy mm -hmm. that I'm part of this country. And I'm always excited to see every year in these UX India, whatever happens is, is the growth and next generation that's coming into play and how smart the designers are getting. There are some A schools coming into play, which are teaching very big uh, concepts and they're like fantastically used in the products. Uh, how AI can help and products can, can be more intelligent and how much can we empathize. And I would, I always feel that not just India, but all over the designers are the gatekeepers for technology. Technology can be overkilling. It can, it can come into play like there are too much of technologies. You can add 15 apps to do five tasks, or you can, you know, look at all consolidation as one other app. So it just keeps adding on, technology keeps adding on. Mm -hmm. So designers or experienced designers are the gatekeepers who will think through and say, let's just give him what is needed and try to reduce the technology overload. And uh, an average of 11 years, sorry, 11 hours a day is being on the digital screen all over US. You know, everybody is trying to capitalize that, but there are retail and others who are looking at concepts of how can I bring people back into the store? So things are changing, things are moving from not just being on digital, we need to move them out of digital also. Mm -hmm. So it's offline, online, all of these are the concepts which are coming in. And yeah, India is playing a big role in making this happen across. Mm -hmm. I think you were touching already some of the topics maybe that I would like to see as a last question to, to wrap it up. What do you think is the, the, the or key challenges in the audio space moving forward for, for designers especially? I think you were already touching on that when you're yeah. talking about technology, I assume. Yeah. Audio space is pretty large. I think audio is getting into an ecosystem of not just being audio. It is also about voice. 
and it is also about the AIs that is coming into play. Now even headphone has an AI integrated. So you, know, you can call it Alexa, you can call it Google or something else. People are designing multiple versions of that. But AI is coming in audio uh, with audio and uh, uh, there is the gesture is coming into play. So there are many multiple ways of interactions that people would be using, not just with audio, but the ecosystem itself. So with that, on a voice based, using your headphones, you would probably book something like a cab for yourself mm. and things like that. I mean, it, it can move into any aspects, but how much people will really adopt to that? How much will people use it? Is something that we have to wait and see. And it's purely on the shoulders of designers to look at how efficiently can it be designed so that it is not an overload, but we are trying to remove the load mm -hmm. and we are trying to give a stress-free product. So where the brain mapping or uh, all of the aspects of the Tobies of the world, like eye tracking to brain mapping to all of that will help us get the stress or the load on the individuals that all of these technology would put into. So yeah, while we are while we are trying to do an ecosystem of products come into use to make sure that he uses one device for multiple purposes, that's a good good move. But again, how much of the adoption is easier? How much of people would be comfortable wearing a headphone all the time or listening to an audio? Or can we do something like a you know, it's an on-shoulder speaker that everybody's trying to release today? So yeah, things are moving from the audio space, but I would clearly say from a very designer perspective. Please be cautious of how much of adop adoption will be there. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Super Thank fascinating. You. Thank you so much. That was the episode. If you want to give us feedback on the podcast, have something to contribute to the next episode, or just want to get in touch, feel free to connect with us either on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram messages, or simply via the designdrives.org website. We love to hear from you.